The following podcast is brought to you by Radio Southland and New Zealand On Air. Radio Southland is a community access media station based in Invercargill, New Zealand. If you or your group would like to know more about how you can have a program on our station, please contact us. Visit our website, radiosouthland.org.nz, for our contact details. You're listening to Grinding Gears with Pete and Darren, right here on Radio South and 96.4 and Coast Access Radio in Capity. Also on iTunes and Spotify, or you can stream us on accessmedia.nz and check out our Facebook page, just search Grinding Gears. This week uh, we are celebrating 30 friggin' years of Radio Southland, that's right, 30 years. To commemorate this, uh, it's going to be a power half hour, so buckle up.
Hey, it's Pete. And Aaron. Right here, right now on Grinding Gears, Radio South of 96.4 and Coast Access FM in Capity. And first up for 30 years at 96.4 power half hour is a tuned 355 horsepower Toyota GR Yaris that lapped the Tsukuba circuit faster than a R35 GTR Nismo. Oh, unreal. The GR Yaris is uh, already a very capable car on the racetrack. And modifying it only takes... Uh, makes more of it, so uh, case in point is this tuned GR Yaris, which can be seen lapping the the famed uh, Tsuba circuit in Japan at blistering speeds. I think the T is something to be Sakuba. Sakuba. Sakuba, anyway. How blistering, you may ask. The Yaris is able to complete a lap of the circuit in 58.573 seconds, or 0.788 seconds quicker than the official time posted by the Nissan GTR Nismo back in 2019. Yeah, there aren't many details on the Yaris's modifications, but based on some information from the Time Attack page, the car's pushing 355 horsepower, or... 87 horsepower more than the stock version. Uh, the page also mentioned it rides on uh, 265 millimeter tires compared to the stock 225 millimeter ones. And according to the video, they are semi slicks, which would increase grip even more on the top added with the width. Uh, plus, base on what is visible and audible in the video, apart from the engine mods. It's thought to also have new suspension, new wheels, and added aero. And sure, this car weighs 503 kilos less than a GTR Nismo, but it's also down three cylinders and 245 horsepower, even in its modified state, which makes it all the more impressive in our books. But when it's setting a lap time like this, it's not just about power-to-weight ratios and handling dynamics, it's also about driving skill. There's plenty of that on display in the video as a garage G-Force, the car's builders, pushed the GR Yaris to its absolute limits around the uh, 2.045 kilometre track. Uh, and this is on YouTube, so you um, might as well get onto it and get into it. Uh, next up is the 2022 uh, Acura NSX Type S, which is going out on top. Acura's hybrid eye supercar is tuned up good. For its final year of production. Yeah, the crew rolls out the most powerful version of its supercar down pit lane. Sunsetting over Daytona International Speedway's towering grandstands in the video. That says it all. This is the end for the NSX as we've come to know it. But not before Honda's performance division turns some screws to create the NSX Type S. The first NSX to wear the performance badge in, well, North America. Yeah, Car and Driver magazine took, uh, took it to Daytona's high banks as they are the ideal place to exploit the claimed 191 mile an hour top speed of the Acura's $171,495 NSX Type S. It's boosted uh, 3.5 litre V6 now produces uh, 520 horsepower, that's a bump of around about 20 horsepower uh, to two twin turbochargers shared with the NSX GT3 Evo race car uh, they deliver up to 16.1 PSI of boost, and that's 0.09 more than previously available. Mm. And more fuel is squirted into every cylinder. Additional thrust comes from three electric motors, two that um, drive the front axle, and the third sandwich between the engine and the nine-speed dual-clutch automatic. Plenty of gears in that thing. Each component of the hybrid powertrain has received software changes too. 
and the amount of usable energy from the roughly one kilowatt hour lithium-ion battery pack has been increased. With all the gadgets working in concert, Type S has a combined output of 600 horsepower and 492 pound-feet, gains of 27 and 16 respectively. So it should uh, make the spread to 60 mile an hour in about 2.7 seconds. Yeah, uh, the relaxed lead follow lap around Daytona iconic road course didn't allow for maximum speed, but the long straight exiting speedway turn four provides time to appreciate the NSX for what people always loved about it. Yep, comfy seats that'll accommodate all body types, an airy cabin, superb visibility to take in Daytona under the nightlights. Did look fantastic. Car and driver mag reported uh, diving down the off the trioval into the turn one braking zone. The brake by wire system, which would bring up when we did this, yeah. doesn't exhibit any of the weird springy and spongy tendencies often plague these hybrid systems. The pedal stays firm as the optional 15 inch front and 14.2 inch carbon ceramic rotors do their thing. Yeah, it's a compliment the newfound power. Acura engineers recalibrated the software of the dual-clutch automatic. Commands from the large shift paddles are now delivered to the transmission 50% quicker. And under the hard braking, the downshifts are more aggressive. Pull on the downshift paddle for a 0.6 second, and the gearbox automatically shifts to the lowest gear possible. That's a good idea, getting out of the corner. And turning into International Horseshoe, the inputs from the steering wheel are apparently instantaneously transmitted to these custom-developed Pirelli P0 PZ4 tires as you grip into the track. A change in the offset to the 19-inch front 20-inch rear wheels increases the front and rear track by 0.4 and 0.8 of an inch, respectively. Yeah, the NSX stays flat under the lateral loads, and the revised torque vectoring system provided the front drive motors keeps the tie piece on a string through the apex. The um, recalibrated magnetorological dampers, even in their firmer setting, shrug off the washboard curb when exiting corners. That'd be pretty good on Kiwi roads then. Yeah. Aesthetically, the new Type S also uh, has more curb appeal. Revised front fascia with exposed carbon fiber not only makes it more distinctive, but actually also provides more cooling to the heat exchangers tucked behind it, and improves airflow to the rear-mounted intercoolers. Out back, a GT3-inspired carbon fiber diffuser improves the airflow underneath the car. Keeping it stuck to the road. Yeah. And a carbon fiber uh, spoiler has been put on the edge of the deck lid. Yeah, they reckon the limited time behind the wheel of the tie piece wasn't enough to determine if the changes to the second generation supercar will make for a meaningful improvement over the lesser version. But Acura claims they're, they're good for a 2.0 second gain around the Suzuka race circuit. Mm. If you're an American or other and haven't ordered your Type S already, well then bugger, you're too late. All 300 destined for North America, and that's of the 350 that'll be sold there globally, have been spoken for. Now we uh, wait for the sun to rise on a third generation coupe. Hopefully it won't take another freaking 12 years. Here's hoping. But um, now to Mazda and a crazy 1200 brake horsepower Mazda 3 with a rotary engine and rear-wheel drive is set to ankle... Next year's Pike Peak Hill Climb. Famous Pike's Peak Hill Climb, which will celebrate its 100th running next year, is certainly no stranger to wildly modified vehicles. However, a few have come up as unique as this proposed Mazda 3 hatchback project, which will feature that 
over well over a thousand horsepower rotary engine and rear wheel drive. Yeah, the current gen Mazda 3 doesn't really have that much aftermarket support. So seeing something as outlandish as this build is rare to say the least. Uh, the idea comes courtesy of New Zealand drifter Mad Mike Woodhead, mm-hmm. uh, who has experience with plenty of other rotary-powered vehicles and likely plans to use some of his know-how from those Mazdas for this Mazda 3. The engine in question, he plans on using a four-rotor Wankel rotary engine, which will supposedly be knocking on the door of around 1,200 horsepower. Even with the significantly lower air pressure found at Pikes Peak uh, high altitude. Additionally, as mentioned before, the car will be rear-wheel drive instead of the usual front-wheel drive or all-wheel drive. Although it wouldn't surprise us if we did use a modified version of the all-wheel drive setup for the conversion. Yeah, in our department, uh, the car shows renderings on what it's an Instagram will feature a large chin splitter, a chassis mounted wing, two rear hatch spoilers, one on top and one on the bottom of the rear window, uh, side skirts and a sizable rear diffuser. Apparently would also sport new wheels and tyres, lowered suspension and hood exit exhaust, in addition to a bold white and blue Red Bull livery. And as teased by the caption of the Instagram post, Mazda will have four seats and four doors, uh, despite the hill climbs rules not allowing any passengers or co-drivers in the vehicle. So unlikely to be dropping the kids off it. <laughs> no. Well, song break now, but it ain't over yet. A misunderstanding one 
Back on Grinding Gears with Pete and Darren on Radio South on a 6.4 and its 30th birthday. Also, Coast Access Radio Capity. And before we start Tesla time, here's the last power wow from Koenigsegg, and it's not what you think. Yeah, Koenigsegg has developed a 330 brake horsepower or 443 foot pound of torque electric motor that weighs just 30 kilos. Uh, the Swedish hypercar firm has revealed its first ever in house developed electric motor dubbed the Quark. Yeah, and Koenigsegg announced its inline triple tri-motor Gamera hybrid. Uh, you knew it just wasn't going to be made of off-the-shelf powertrain bits. At the time, we're told the engine was going to be a clean-sheet 2-litre, timely-friendly giant, weighing just 70 kilo and producing 600 horsepower. And now the Swedish company has revealed the motors are just as bespoke as power deeds. The unit is called Quark, taking its name from the physics term for, as explained by the Oxford English Dictionary, any number of subatomic particles carrying a fractional electric charge postulated as building blocks of the hadrons. That's hadrons, not hard-ons. Got it? Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> what makes Quark particularly interesting is the mixing of the two motor designs, radial flux and axial flux. Radial is more the traditional cylinder-shaped motor, uh, known for being... Power dense, while the axial is flatter, disc-shaped motor which whose strong suit is torque. By blending uh, the ideas to make what is called radial flux unit, uh, the Koenigsegg has come up with something very powerful, very torquey, despite the extremely low weight. Yep, one of these just 30 kilo and he is good for 330 horsepower and the 443 pound of torque. Teal's using modes construction, uh, 300M high-strength steel for the shaft. This is the stuff feared by aerospace and motorsport industries. 
and a rotor made from uh, Koenigsegg's Air Core. That's the hollow carbon fibre the, con- uh, the company uses in its wheels, its seats, and other stuff. Yeah, because of what CEO Christian von Koenigsegg describes as a class-leading torque-to-power-to-RPM-to-weight matrix. Have you heard that one before? No, but it's large. Yeah. Uh, the Quark has uses beyond automotive such as marine and aerospace, the latter including vertical takeoff and landing applications. Mm. According to car throttles, also possible to, convi- uh, to combine two quark units with Conisig's new David six-phase inverter to create the Terrier, as they've called it, torque vector and drive unit. So-called, uh, since both the dog breed and the drive unit are characterised by their small, energetic and fearless demeanour. <laughs> yeah. uh, since there's just one inverter equaling splitting its phases between the motors rather than the two, weight, size and complexity are reduced. The Terrier also produces its peak power and torque outputs at reasonably modest RPM, meaning only small ratio highly effective planetary gear sets are needed at each output, Koenigsegg reckons. Well, this makes for a unit that is very light despite being awfully potent. And it's so small, it's uh, said to be possible to directly mount the Terrier into a car's monocoque chassis and get the need for a heavy subframe. Yeah, that's all the information we have for now, but Koenigsegg has promised to go into further detail soon. So expect some suitably geeky material to emerge in a little further down the line. But now it's Tesla time, and the Model 3 and Y HVAC systems are under investigation in Canada. Mm. (laughs) The main concern right now is reduced visibility due to the EV's inability to defog and defrost the windshield. Basically, owners in Canada are having issues with the car's heat pumps. This is a major problem that could be life-threatening, so it needs to be kind of addressed and fixed as soon as possible. Yeah, that said, Transport Canada has put cars under an issue assessment investigation. The investigation is so specifically related to Tesla's HVAC systems and potentially problems with heating, ventilation and air conditioning in frigid weather. The government organisation has not yet issued a recall, however. Automakers must make Transport Canada aware of defects and potential safety dis- uh, concerns. And the information must be shared with all effective, affected owners. Uh, this far, the organisation has received at least 16 complaints from Model 3 and Y owners in Canada. As we previously mentioned, the complaints pertain to the lack of heat in extremely cold weather. Yeah, well, Transport Canada is working uh, to figure out exactly what the issues are and whether or not they pose a real safety concern. Well, kind of would have, but if you can't see it, your windshield. Yeah, yeah. However, at this point, according to a report by Tesla Rati, the organization's primary concern is the fact that cars may not be able to appropriately clear the windshield for safe visibility. There's not only ice and snow on the outside of the windshield, but also the fog, you know, condensation that collects while driving, which can also freeze and inhibit visibility. We can only assume that Transport Canada also has concerns of the lack of heat in general. Remember, Tesla owners can preheat the vehicles, make an effort to park them indoors, and use a seat used for warmth. This isn't ideal, but it may assure uh, that people remain relatively warm and safe while Tesla finalizes an over-the-air software update to correct the issue, which, funnily enough, appears to have been caused by a previous firmware update. Oh, yeah. Tesla heat pump is a relatively new feature on the Model 3 and Model Ys, and that's supposedly to help in the cold weather, especially related to range. However, 
if the software isn't working correctly in the coldest weather, it needs to be updated immediately, you know? Mm-hmm. Thankfully, Tesla is aware of the problem and is working to fix it. In fact, Tesla already reported that a Tesla technician shared the following message on a Tesla owner club forum. Tesla is taking this cold weather climate problem very seriously. They're very worried about the safety of drivers and have definitely prioritised this issue. Hopefully, Tesla will be able to roll out the update as soon as possible. In the meantime, there's a chance a recall could happen. So if you own a Model Y or Model 3 and live in an area with cold weather, like Southland in winter, Hmm. be sure to follow the necessary steps to remain safe and warm. But as nice and warm as it is in the studio, we gotta go. So happy birthday, Radio Southland. Until next time, don't be a dick, make it click.
The preceding podcast was brought to you by Radio Southland with the support of New Zealand On Air. Their funding of accessmedia.nz makes these podcasts available. To find similar programs by other stations involved, go online to accessmedia.nz. 